Welcome back to SEC Media Days 2023 on Radio Row here in Nashville, Tennessee. And we're now pleased to be joined by the host of the Locked On Auburn podcast. We got Zach Blackerby today. Zach, how are you feeling? Uh, I'm good, guys. How are we doing? Uh, Nashville's been great so far. Yeah. It, it, uh, it has been a lot of fun. It's been very smoothly run. I don't know if you recall a few years ago, first year in Atlanta, uh, they had Radio Row, you know, disjointed from the College Football Hall of Fame. Yeah. Last year they fixed that. We were all in uh, in the Hall of Fame. But that first year we were, like, walking outside. It was like a seven- or eight-minute walk to get to the, the main media room and stuff. It was That's brutal. Yeah, and then last year wasn't – I mean, it was better, but, like, it still wasn't – fixed you sort of like weirdly go out and then up and over sure it's all right here this time i mean i I love the layout of this place it's been excellent so let's let's get into auburn a little bit here zach yeah obviously a an off season with a lot of player movement and in this age of portal that's always going to increase but 20 some odd players in the portal not to mention the high school stuff just kind of rate how auburn did not only in terms of the quantity but in the terms of quality as well yeah i mean well you look at those 20 transfer guys most of them are going to start or at least be in the rotation so i mean not only did they just get bodies which is kind of what it felt like happened in the transfer portal in the previous seasons he got players i mean he rebuilt the offensive line he got several guys that are either going to be starters or be in the starting rotation on the defensive line. May have gotten your starting linebackers. Um, then the receiver room looks totally different than it did 365 days ago. So these are all guys who are going to compete. And, you know, quarterback, obviously, it seems like it's going to be Peyton Thorne. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Robbie Ashford's going to do everything he can to, to make that not happen. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the quality is certainly there. But and I'm sure you guys have talked about this with some of the other media folks here this week is we don't really know, like, is this going to work or not? I think on paper it makes a ton of sense. I think Auburn's picked up two or three extra wins than they would have if they hadn't have done all of this, but they've got to put it on the field, and we'll see uh, We'll see if they're able to do it. And speaking of just some excitement and, and how Hugh Freeze has retooled this team, uh, Auburn set a record for uh, – season ticket sales and and 67,000 I think 500 tickets something like that Um, just talk about how the fans seem to kind of pick up on how he's changing the culture and and built really built some new excitement for the team yeah I mean I think Auburn fans are desperate for a good football team again I mean it's uh it's like as a fan base we're just like longing for some sort of excitement somebody to cheer for in during here stadium we saw that movement really start with Cadillac right against Texas A&M. I mean, I think that's going to be a game that Auburn folks talk about 20 years from now. Like in the history of Auburn lore, when Cadillac led Auburn to that SEC win, it's going to be part of it. Then I don't think the energy's really slowed down. They hire Hugh Freeze. He flips seven guys that were committed to other, you know, big-time right. programs, and Auburn fans are rewarding them. I mean, that's always the big thing that Pat I said over and over and over again. If you love Auburn, Auburn will love you back. And I think Hugh Freeze has already kind of bought into that more so than uh, than the previous regime did in their entire two years here. I think, Zach, when we're looking at trying to parlay that momentum, as you said, it really has changed the equation of, all right, this team was probably around a six-win team, just given also what Brian Harsin did. Now the hope is you can kind of expedite the process a little bit. Where are you in terms, and, I, and, and with Auburn-related, but also just overall with the state of college football, what is the new timetable for success? Because we've seen in years past, back when it was more of a, a slower roster turnover, the four- to five-year plan. Yeah. But it seems like it's just constantly sped up. Where, where's the proper level of expectations? We go year one, year two, year three. 
Yeah, I think I think it varies based on you know what your roster looks like, but I think Hugh Freeze is putting the pressure on himself for this to be a a two or three year build because he talks time and time again the 2024 and 2025 recruiting classes is what's going to make or break his tenure, and he's right. And so he's. Uh, I mean, he's killing the 2024 class so far. They need more dudes, but it seems like over the next three weeks, that's certainly going to fall into place, and Auburn has a chance to have a top 10 class. And so I still think it's three or four years, but Hugh Freeze, uh, he wants to win a national championship. And just talking to folks close to him, like he's eyeing the 12-team expanded playoff next year. I think he believes that Auburn could be in a situation to do that. The issue is... A lot of these positions that he rebuilt so quickly, you're going to have to do it again, right? I mean, you're going you're gonna to need to dress up the offensive line because it seems like most of those guys are planning to leave after this year or they run out of eligibility. You're going to have to revamp your running back room. If Peyton Thorne's really good, you may lose him to the NFL draft, and you're going to have to rebuild your defensive back room, which I think is the best position group on this team. And so I think you're going to have to lean on the portal just as much this year as he did last year. And so he may have to flip the roster again to where it's all of his dudes just about. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. And then that following year when it's really his program, I think that's kind of where it's like, okay, you know, what are you going to do, Hugh Freeze? Let's look at the passing dynamic, not only from the Peyton Thorne side of things, but also the wide receiver room. It's been a long time since there's a 1,000-yard wide receiver. And what struck me is that Hugh Freeze has targeted a completely different type of wide receiver than what we've seen in the Malzahn days. Gone are the jet sweep type of guys, bubble swing bubble screen type of guys. We've got these 6'3", 6'4", dudes coming in here. What do you think of the pieces that they've added, and is that your preferred style of wide receiver, seeing some of these bigger body, longer guys? I think it's about balance, and it's not that, you know, Malzahn and Harson didn't go after those guys. It's just they didn't land these big physical players on the outside. I think Hugh Freeze has a better track record with those. He can go to these kids and show them Laquan Treadwell or A.J. Brown and say, hey, I can help you turn into this, this guy that the NFL really covets, who's willing to pay a lot of money down the road. Auburn, it's not that they didn't have talented receivers. They just had six slot guys that all right. couldn't be on the field at the same time. And, and so it's all about that balance because the best receiver in Auburn's room is still probably Javarius Johnson, despite, you know, everybody paying attention to Jair Shorter or Shane Hooks or Nick Marner, all these big-bodied outside guys that they brought in through the portal. But they still got a great mix of that. I mean, they've got Johnson. They've got Coy Moore. They brought in Caleb Burton, who hasn't really played at the next level. But if Ohio State wanted to play receiver, like, there's something there, right? Their track record's pretty good. So I think it's about that balance. And, you know, also they dressed up the tight end room with Rivaldo Fairweather. You know, Luke Deal, of course, is here in Nashville this week as well. And so it's it's all about balance, and it's that nice mix. I I still think you're going to see some of the gadget stuff, some of the bubble stuff, because Hugh Freeze offense and a Philip Montgomery-style offense, they want defenses to have to defend every blade of grass and constantly think and make decisions. And I just don't know if we've really had that at Auburn over the last few years. So – uh, it's about balance, but, man, he's uh, he's getting some big wide receivers. It's going to be fun to see how that translates. And then talking about high school recruiting when it comes to the wide receiver position, obviously uh, Auburn just missed on Cam Coleman, uh, who, who decided to commit to Texas A&M. Um, how, I guess, is Hugh Freeze going to be able to talk to these receivers and say, hey, we can still get you at a solid level and get you to the NFL? Um, does he have to, have to kind of just sit there and prove it, or, or how do you think he's going to have to go about that? I'm sure there's some of that. Proof of concept. What does it actually look like? 
And I think some guys are listening to him. I mean, Bryce Kane, you know, the, the kid from Mobile just got his right. four-star on on three, I think, when 247 and Rivals update their rankings. He'll probably be a four-star there as well. Perry Thompson's a guy that it seems like there's a good chance he could possibly flip in the near future. Everybody's kind of eyeing that weekend at Big Cat, Big Cat weekend coming up at the end of the month. But, you know, I've asked a lot of folks, like, would you bet on Cam Coleman staying at Texas A&M or would you take the field somewhere not Texas A&M? And all of them have said the field, you know. And so we'll uh, we'll see what all happens there. But I think I think a few things matter. Like, one, how does the passing offense look under Hugh Freeze? But also, what's the offense look like at Texas A&M right. as well? I mean, you know, we heard from Jimbo earlier in the week, and it's like, you know, he, he's excited about his controversial yeah. offensive coordinator, but also didn't really want to talk about no, it. No, really so did not. we got to see what that looks like. Does, it may be off to a, that marriage may be off to a rocky start. We don't know. Uh, well, certainly would not be surprising with those two personalities. Talking to Zach Blackley, yeah. the host of the Locked On Auburn podcast today. A couple more for you, Zach, yeah. as we sit here on Radio Row. Let's look at some of the teams around Auburn's space coming into 2023. The Texas A&M's, the Arkansas's, the Ole Miss's mm-hmm. of the world. Some of these teams have had fascinating up and down when we talk about A&M in 2020. Right. They were winning a New Year's Six Bowl. Last year, they were wondering what the buyout was for Jimbo Fisher. Someone like Lane Kiffin, where some of the best success in Ole Miss history for the first 20 or the last 20 games until the final three to four games of last year, the Auburn drama and all that. So as you compare these teams to Auburn, what would be a key for Auburn to try and win these 50-50 type of games and kind of jump the line in the SEC West, even though it is the last year of the, of the divisions? Yeah, I mean, even when Auburn was playing at its worst over the last few years, he, it was close with those teams. And so I think the tricky part of this is of the three that you mentioned – uh, two of those are on the road. Obviously, Auburn goes to A&M, and it's going to be kind of early in the season. And Auburn's going to start a lot of dudes that didn't go through spring. And so what does that look like? Are they going to be able to kind of have their feet up under them and ready to go at that point? And they also do a, a road trip to Berkeley, you know, not that long before that. And so, you know, just where are you as a football team and how you handle all that? And then you, you host Ole Miss, which is great, but then you go to Fayetteville, a place where, like, Auburn really hasn't been discouraged when they go there just because I, I think Auburn's a better program than Arkansas. But there's a lot of buzz about K.J. Jefferson. Can he back all of that up? We'll certainly see. But, yeah, those are three of the few, like, 50-50 games. I think at Cal is interesting. I think Mississippi State at home is interesting. I think when they come back here to Nashville at Vandy, like, that should be a win. But you still you got you to gotta make sure you play that game and, and take care of business. But look, if Auburn goes, you know, 500 in these 50-50 games, I mean, you're looking at seven and five or eight and four. It's just can they win the games uh, that are going to be close in the fourth quarter? Because I think all of those games will be close in the fourth quarter. And then Zach, want to get your take on this eight versus nine game schedule dynamic? What it would mean for Auburn and some of rivalries that yeah. they already lost the Florida rivalry back the last time the league expanded, and, and now not going to play LSU in 24 at the eight game. Where are you on? Obviously trying to maintain the Georgia aspect of it as they move into a more permanent model we project in 2025. Maybe they do another one-year song and dance. But just where are you on all the scheduling topics there? Yeah, I'm going to go nine games. I prefer nine over eight, but not necessarily for the reason a lot of people think. I mean, the rivalries are cool. The rivalries are part of college football. But I still think those are going to be around regardless, even if you don't play them every year. Because the way it's set up is you're going to play a team every other year, at least two times every four years. It doesn't necessarily mean every other year. But – I think that's fine. I think rivalries are a little overrated just because I think you're going to have other, like, matchups naturally form 
over time. The biggest argument against more games forever was, well, they, they can't handle they can't handle the physicality of all that. The kids can't handle that. And then the COVID year happened, and it's like, well, you played ten. You played 10 and everything was fine. And that was, right. I loved it. I loved just that having was, SEC games every year. That was the best part of COVID. Um, so, yeah, I, I like nine just because it's more than eight. And we don't have to do this weird thing where we have to rely on schools to potentially schedule like a, uh, you know, a non-conference thing because it's not all equal, right? And, and I'm not saying college football is about, you know, true parity or anything like that. But I, I think it kind of takes a few variables out of it when we're trying to all, like, play the same game and, you know, there, maybe there's different rules for each team. But, yeah, I, I'm pro-9, not necessarily for the rivalries, just because give me more SEC games. And so I assume you, on top of that 9, you'd say the teams, we're still doing the one Power 5 non-conference game too. Uh, I'm okay with that. I don't think we necessarily need it. Um, I think there's value in kind of helping other schools, the money games that, you know, within your state or your neighboring states. I think that's important to help support those programs. But, um, I'd be fine with all that. I don't think that'll pass. I don't think the coaches will vote for a nine-game SEC schedule and you have to play a non-conference P5. I just don't think it'll pass. But if that were to pass, yeah, I'd be all for it. Zach Blackerby joining us today, the Locked On Auburn podcast host. Zach, where can we find the Locked On Auburn podcast? Yeah, available wherever you get your podcast and uh, also every day on YouTube. And you can read all of our written work at auburndaily.com. Sounds great. Zach, we appreciate the time today. And uh, best you. of luck with the podcast throughout the rest of uh, Media Days week, but then also going through for the fall. Absolutely, guys. Thanks. Of course. Zach Black will be joining us today on Sports Call.